Hi, and welcome to the world of golf. My name is Douglas Maida, and I'm your host for today's podcast session. Joining us today is a very special guest. She is an LPGA Class A teaching professional. She's TPI certified, and she's one of the hardest working teaching pros on YouTube and social media with channels in both English and Korean languages. And she is the host of a very successful golf instruction channel, Golf with Amy. I'd like to welcome Amy Cho. Hi, Doug. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Oh, we're very pleased to have you, Amy, and thank you for taking the time. <laughs> um, so, Amy, as we get started, one of the things I'd like to ask you is, how was it that you came to be in golf? Um, I started golf when I was around six <laughs> at a very young age. My father was an avid golfer and um, being the youngest of three girls, he used to always take, take me to the range on the weekends and that's how I naturally became a golfer. <laughs> oh, terrific. Uh, so you got a lot of range practice and then you eventually moved to playing on the courses? Yes, yes. Um, so I was actually living in Korea when I first started. So back in the day, having a six-year-old playing golf was like really rare. So everybody was there. And then um, around when I turned 10 or so, we actually ended up moving to New Zealand. So that's when I got a lot of playing time because golf was so much cheaper over there. Like in Korea, I remember when I was like seven or eight, I played my first round ever. And the green sweep plus the caddy, everything, it was about $300 for a round. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That was years wow, ago. Wow, yeah. Yeah, and then when we moved to New Zealand, it's like annual membership fee for unlimited golfer juniors was $30. So <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable, eh? Yeah, so I got a lot of clean time in New Zealand, which I still have great memories of that. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. Where about to New Zealand were you? I was in South Island, Christchurch. Yep, I was okay. there and I played for New Zealand. I was the youngest youngest age to represent New Zealand women's team and junior team, which was really amazing. And then, oh, wow. Yeah, wow. yeah. So that was really great, great experience playing like the, you know, teams events and going to Australia and <laughs> yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So you're kind of like uh, a couple of years ahead of Lydia Ko. Oh, way. <laughs> I won't say how many, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because that's a very similar story too for her, isn't it? She was born in Korea. Her family emigrated to New Zealand and she grew up playing golf in New Zealand and coming to represent New Zealand in a lot of the amateur competition. Yeah, and the Olympics yeah. too, which is amazing. <laughs> yes. yes, silver medalist. Silver yeah. medalist. Yeah. 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 And it's great to see her game coming back into form again too. I was very excited to see her lead. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, she's uh, gone through a lot of ups and downs and getting herself to where she's back again. And that's, mm -hmm. uh, I think it's great for golf all over the world for I think uh, so, yeah. a good competitive Lydia. Yeah, for sure. wonderful. And everybody loves her personality or the person, <laughs> so I, I'm very happy to see her back. <laughs> yeah, well, as an aside, I hear from uh, some of the people I know on tour that uh, Lydia is one of the most well-liked individuals and you can always count on Lydia to have a little stash of chocolate in her bag. <laughs> yeah, I guess I can see that. She's such a sweetheart. <laughs> so, how was your junior golf career? Um, my junior golf career was it, it was a lot of golf tournaments, a lot of winning, and I was always one of the top juniors. And 
you know, there was no doubt that I was going to make it on the LPGA. And, you know, I moved to the States um, to work with David Ledbetter when I was a sophomore in high school. And um, yeah, I was one of the top in the country as well at the time. And, you know, I, I was lucky enough to firmly commit really early for a, a, a full scholarship to college. And then, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, my junior golf was yeah really great. And then um, I had a lot of injuries growing up and that's oh, what really, yeah, held me back. And I hurt my back several times, like early in my professional career. So that's why it ended so fast, which which is really sad, but now I look back, um, those injuries and all those hard times I went through really kind of made me who I am today and the teacher I am today, because I do focus a lot on preventing injuries. And I know if you don't do that well enough for especially juniors, then their career is going to be cut really short. So <laughs> yeah, that's my main focus. And even for amateurs, you know, a lot of, a lot of, golfers do actually work in the offices sitting down so they do have like you know weak backs and so I focus on that a lot. Oh fantastic fantastic just as an aside have you noticed in your just in your playing lifetime that uh, golf has evolved a lot from just being a simple sport where you got out swung the clubs maybe went to the range and hit some balls to one now that's far more encompassing with regards to a um, for lack of a better word, a total golf approach with fitness and everything? Oh, yes. Way, way different. Like, even when I was in college, we really didn't have that much awareness of, like, injuries and what to work on when you're in the gym. And, you know, it's completely different now. I mean, Tiger Woods obviously changed the whole thing. So after Tiger, everyone became kind of super athletes, right? There's more competition to golf as well because of Tiger, thankfully. So, so now you can see the uh, younger golfers are really fit and they, they do a lot of maintenance work on their body. And it's so important to you know, prevent injuries and create a lot of power at the same time. Yeah, yeah, terrific. Where did you go to, uh, where did you attend university? Oh, I went to University of Florida. Oh, uh, is that the Gators? Yes, Gators. Okay. Well, <laughs> chomp, chomp. <laughs> I didn't want to mistake it with the Seminoles because I knew oh, it would no, have been no, like, uh-oh. No, no. Terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The only only reason I chose the college was because I wanted to stay close to my coach at the time with uh, Ledbetter because I was working with him in Orlando and it's only two hours from Orlando. That was the only reason I chose that college. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's still a good school. That's uh, Billy Horschel's alma mater. Oh, yes. Yes. Exactly. And um, at the time, they had a really good uh, golf program. I'm not sure how they are now. I haven't been following. But yeah, their golf program was like one of the top at the time. So, Well, I imagine being based in Florida, you're going to have wonderful playing opportunities all year round playing in the Sunshine State. So, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, going to attract a lot of players, that's for sure. Yes. <laughs> um, so you mentioned trying to play or wanting to play and had a goal of playing professionally. Mm -hmm. What happened there? I mean, do you feel like sharing a little bit about that? Or um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I, I had no doubt in mind that I was gonna make it onto LPGA and become bigger than Tiger Woods. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I was pretty talented as a kid, and even now I don't practice. I can still throw in a good number, and I do believe in myself as a great golfer. It's just um, I've 
gotten injured so much just you know playing since such a young age and being super flexible and once I turned you know into the 20s I started getting a little bit stiffer and that's when all the injuries came so um, I had to change my golf swing I had to all of a sudden work on fitness stuff and then um, so I turned I turned professional and and then um, uh, I hurt my back just about right away and and then when I was like 23 I was told I couldn't play golf like ever again because mm. my back and that was really harsh you know like growing yeah. up my only goal was to play golf and now I can't even play for fun so that was my toughest year two years of my life I think <laughs> yeah but um, so I try to you know you know live a normal life like work and and then I missed golf so much after two years of rehabbing and resting my back got better so I tried to go back to golf and then I re-hurt my back during LPGAQ school um uh so that was really sad so I missed my car by one shot so I decided to play the Symmetra and then the whole year of 2010 on Symmetra was so painful like I would I would literally go out to the golf course and they have chiros on site, right? So they would, they would adjust my back and then I would tee off and then I throw my back out. I'll be in pain. I'll live on Advil's and stuff. And then at the end of the day, like I would have to get readjusted and then I couldn't even sleep because laying down hurt my back. So the whole year it was just so much pain. So, you know, around August, I was like, just looking at the golf ball hurts my back. So I was like, I think I need to stop. <laughs> That's oh, wow. when I decided to really just kind of retire from competition golf. And uh, that's when I decided to move to California. Everyone suggested, you know, in Orlando, there's really not much you can do. So why don't you go to LA and, you know, have a fun life, maybe teach if you want. And that's how my whole teaching career started there. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Was there a particular school or, um, course that you started to work at when you first moved to LA? Um, so I got a lot of help from friends and um, I didn't know anything about LA. So my friends actually helped me to get into a driving range. And then he gathered like maybe four students for me to begin with, which was amazing. And then the first month, it just kind of blew up and I right away started teaching a lot of students so yeah I became very busy like from the get-go which I'm very thankful about you know um I at first I was like you know in golf at the time because they didn't really have that many young girls that taught golf that was already like almost 10 years ago right so I wasn't sure how people were gonna take me right like I don't know if they're gonna take me seriously or look at me like I'm too young to be a, their teacher but but everyone just loved working with me and then I kind of took off really fast and uh which I'm still very thankful about and then um that's when I got um hired to work for the LA 18 uh, golf lesson program on TV in the LA area so that's how I all kind of got started in the whole media too. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was the uh, step into the media business for you. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's, been, it's really been a fun journey. So, you know, I really can't complain about, you know, my injuries and all the tough times I went through because it led me to where I am today and, you know, the kind of teacher and person I am today. Oh, wonderful. Is there a sort of 
story or catalyst behind how you evolved from that into your YouTube channel, Golf with Amy? Yeah, so I started working for a TV station, you know, in 2012. And uh, I had so much fun doing it. I loved it. <laughs> I mean, like, honestly, growing up playing as a player, I always did really well in front of galleries and cameras. I don't know. <laughs> so you know like being a teacher in front of the camera I loved it and then once the contract ended and you know I was done with the program I just got so many emails from every like my fans they wanted more from me and they were like you should start a YouTube channel like I got so many of those emails I kind of got pushed into it so that's how I got started so early I because I started my channel in 2015 before too many people were on YouTube golf wise so mm -hmm. yeah, that and then because I had a fan base already, a small fan base, I grew really fast there too. So <laughs> yeah, that's no, that's that's for sure. I notice you're probably one of the uh, uh, biggest subscriber bases for golf instruction on YouTube. So <laughs> congratulations for that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so Amy, what is it about teaching that? Uh, keeps you coming back every day, motivates you, gets you excited and passionate about golf? Um, you know, I think it's because I, I just love the game of golf. So anything to do with golf excites me anyways. And um, just I love meeting new people, like working with them, seeing their progress. And um, also, you know, I try to make it a little bit more fun you know, I am, I am a very traditional golfer, honestly, because I started such a long time ago, but I would still like to put a lot of fun into it. And I would still love to help make the game of golf younger as well. So, so I, you know, I have this like so much energy anyways, to begin with. So, so, um, yeah, I just love working with golfers. I love talking about golf. I love golfers with a lot of passion. So it's just, just the game itself gets me going. <laughs> <laughs> Is there something in your teaching career that uh, um, an event that you remember more than others that stands out for uh, its memorable uh, qualities or something that you really enjoyed or something you can say back and say, look, you know, this is why I enjoy teaching so much. Oh, <sighs> man, that's really tough. It's like, um, so many of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like when I got to go on the golf channel on the live mm -hmm. uh, morning drive, that was amazing. Like, you know, that was my dream and uh, it, it just kind of happened earlier than I expected. So that was really, truly amazing. And then was it the same year or a year after I got invited to um, golf channels in Korea and I got to do a lot of live TVs there. And I was like, I'm just a YouTuber and they want to see my lessons on, you know, those mainstream channels. I was like, what? <laughs> so, yeah, that was really fun. That, that was, yeah, really that was fun. terrific. Terrific. So was golf with Amy channel started primarily as an English language based uh, channel or did you, have the idea of saying, look, why don't I look at being able to take advantage of the fact that you're multicultural and have this diverse background and can speak uh, different <laughs> languages? 
Yeah, you know, in the beginning, that was a dilemma. Like, I wasn't sure if I should divide it up into different languages. But um, since I am bilingual and also golf is so big in Korea, I just decided to film every lesson in both languages. And I think that actually uh, a lot of people appreciated that because, you know, they, they know it's extra work, but they say it's easier to understand when you're speaking English or Korean. So I've always started with uh, lessons in both languages. <laughs> oh, terrific. Terrific. Wonderful. That's awesome. Um, so as part of the teaching world, I've noticed, and uh, looking back on your career already, because I've been following you for almost since 2015. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> I... Uh, Notice that uh, you have been a very active participant at the annual PGA Super Shows. Oh, yes, yes. I love going yeah. to that place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why don't you share a little bit with us what your experiences are like and what some of the things you do as a uh, um, Golf with Amy YouTuber at these events and whatnot. Oh, yes. So, um, you know, growing up in Orlando, I always got to go to the shows. But um, once I moved to L.A., my mom still lived in Orlando. So it was kind of a really great excuse for me to go stay at my mom's house and see her and, you know, play golf with her. So that's why I always went. And also, um, you know, at golf shows that have like always new products out there that uh, you get to test and see like firsthand. So it's always exciting. It's such a huge place. You can get lost in it. And um, I know I, I just wanted to share like how much fun I have at these events, <laughs> trying new stuff and, you know, golf excites me. So I get excited about, you know, all the new products out there. And um, if there are like new products that I really love using, like, training aids or uh, products, then I really do like to support those companies to, you know, so that's why I love going there. And it really is a lot of fun doing something other than just instructions, you know, just because it's all part of same game, you know, golf. So yeah, I love doing that. Right, right. Uh, on your teaching career, if you had somebody coming to you who was, um, let me throw this out to you, a couple of different scenarios. You have somebody who's a little bit newer to golf, interested in golfing, but really isn't sure how to grip the club and, you know, that kind of newness to golf. Yeah. What would you say to them and how would you start with somebody like that, Amy? You know, I, I love starting with people like that. I do. Um, <laughs> um, so obviously I would always uh, not push them into, you know, I would always have to figure out what they want to do, you know, down the road and their budget and, you know, their schedule. I would have to know those things in order for me to be able to come up with something for them, right? I never want to push anyone into something they can't handle, right? And then also, so so I teach them from the scratch, which I, I enjoy doing. And I just want those people to grow love for the game before really anything else because if they don't enjoy it they're not going to enjoy the agony of learning you know the this difficult <laughs> mechanics right so yeah i actually do really love enjoy uh, uh working with completely new new newbie golfers oh wonderful now let's say you have somebody who is more of an intermediate golfer mm -hmm. and they came to you saying you know amy i'm trying hard to to break 90 or break 80 um, 
and they came to you for some lessons and support, how would you approach that kind of a situation? Um, yeah, so intermediate or advanced golfers, I would have to talk to them and see if they really want to put in the effort to make changes. I would have to know if it's the swing they want to work on or like the, the playing part, course management part. I would have to find out exactly where they are at. And if, you know, if they're not willing to put in the work and the time, then I would have to talk to them and say, you know, best to stay where you are and enjoy it as much as possible. But then if they are really passionate about really working hard, then I give them all, all I got. <laughs> Perfect. Do you have an actual base that you work out of in, uh, in Los Angeles area? Yes, I was working at a driving range uh, until almost a year and a half ago. I stopped teaching in person and I'm doing more online golf lessons on my website. Um, so right now I don't have a base. Yeah, just on the website. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. And that's Golf with Amy on YouTube, right? Yes. And then I do have my own website, mpswing.com, where I do my golf lessons. And I do okay. have um, lessons that are not on YouTube as well. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Wonderful. How does that, uh, how did that all come together, your mpswing.com website? I, take, um, that's your, I understand that's your platform for online teaching. Yes, yes. Um, so, you know, once YouTube got popular, uh, more and more teachers started using YouTube and there's a lot of random golf tips out there. So a lot of people had a hard time uh, browsing right on the uh, on YouTube. And if you don't have the skill to filter these tips, then you can really get lost in them. And and then I had a handful of um, avid golfers viewers that really liked my teaching and you know mm -hmm. i could tell that they were having trouble navigating my lessons so that's when i decided to um open mpc.com so everything's very organized structured um we have different levels of skills and and then yeah we have different like we got some secret golf lessons in there that are not on youtube and i just kind of organized everything and then um also I had a lot of students that fly in from different countries to get golf lessons with me. And I thought that was so inefficient. They had to pay like so much money for airfare. They would have to book for like two whole days or something that was just a lot of money to, and, and we know you can't really improve a lot on two days. So <laughs> it's not better to come in like every other week, every week. So um, that's when I decided, you know, there's gotta be a better way to work with them. And that was online golf lessons. And, you know, surprisingly, it's been working out really great. I didn't think my students would be making this great of a pro progress on their swings over the internet, but it's been going really well. Wow, so how do you, um... How recently did you incorporate or bring into uh, into being your online golf program? Um, my MP Swing, I've been working on this project for almost four years now, but I think we officially, officially opened like two years ago. So oh, wow. yeah, it's okay. been up and going for a while. Yeah, it's just... Um, it's just I'm one of the frontiers to do this kind of platform for golf. So there was a lot of trial and error and a lot of time and effort put into it. But I, I truly enjoyed like all the experiences because because, you know, there was no, really no one that I can learn from. So, <laughs> so yeah, but I, but I love the little space I have 
to be able to mingle with my viewers. So if I wanted to join and be uh, enrolled to take lessons with uh, you on mpswing.com, what would I expect to see or what could I expect to see with regards to your platform package? Um, So there's an annual uh, membership. And then if you sign up, then you get to watch all the lessons in there. So I have like fitness stuff. I have golf lessons for beginners, intermediate, advanced, for on the golf course, all that good stuff. And then you can get one-on-one golf lessons with me, um, which, you know, you videotape and you tell me what's going on. So we communicate back and forth a lot, actually. And then, you know, I, I make a video of what you need to do and then, and then you work on that and then you send me like an updated swing and then I give you feedback and, yeah, there's a lot of interaction for my um, lessons. So, so I, I do really enjoy seeing their progress. <laughs> okay. Um, so to record video of my swing, so typically that would involve uh, from behind what they call down the line shots and then from head on, on or yeah. caddy shot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Face on and down the line, uh, two, two angles are all I need. And with the phone is probably the best quality picture so very simple you just go you know boom boom two angles and then send it over we have we do have a very thorough questionnaire of you know Mm -hmm. to figure out your background and the issues you're having and yeah so that way you don't have to worry too much about what to say just answer the questions and and then i lead you through the whole lesson so oh terrific terrific um so in that type of a scenario if i how much personal interaction do you have much or do you plan one-on-one conversations or discussions with your students? Um, so, so one-on-one lessons are all one-on-one. It's just that I do a lot of emails and I send over my videos to explain things um, because the time difference is really tough to do live. You know, I, I do have a lot of people from Asia or Europe that are like, you know, the nights and days are flip-flopped. So yeah. The live right. thing, I would like to give it a go. It's just a, I would have to be like up like one in the morning or something to be doing that. <laughs> so <laughs> that becomes a little tough sometimes. <laughs> I can, yes, I can uh, totally agree with you because here in the world of golf, we've done interviews with professionals all over the world and it's meant having to be up at middle of the night or 5 a.m. to do an interview and meet with somebody. Or <laughs> <laughs> so yes, very, very, uh, uh, changing landscape for sure with regards to working hours. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so you mentioned at the top of uh, our discussion a little bit about being um, a little bit newer to golf in terms of your diversity, um, being a, a woman, not sure how, and being young and not sure how people were going to react or accept you at that point in your career and whatnot. Um, we've seen a lot of evolvement in the golf industry and in all parts of society over the last 10 years or so. How do you feel that has changed for you personally in golf? And what do you think it might mean for some of those others coming up behind you? Yeah, huge changes, right? I I love it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so uh, golf is huge in Asia too. So I, I honestly feel like Um, As an influencer, I do work as a bridge between, you know, like the Asian culture and the Western culture, because I I do have a little bit of both and I'm 
really good at kind of adjusting. <laughs> and then, you know, as being kind of a younger generation for golf, I bridge between like young kids to the older generation. But I am a very traditional kind of a golfer. So older uh, golfers do appreciate my, you know, manners and etiquettes and all that, which is awesome. So, um, so I think uh, also there's a lot more females, younger females that are, you know, getting interested in golf, which I love seeing. So, so I just feel like I can work as a bridge to bring everything together. And a couple of years ago, this was unheard of <laughs> in my head. I was like, yeah, but I think, um, I, I just love seeing the changes and that if I can do anything to help, I'll be willing to. And also uh, just love seeing the younger girls taking interest in golf as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sorry, you, what uh, was the question? <laughs> no, no, no. That's, that leads perfect. That's a perfect segue into my next question then. A perfect lead in, Amy. So I was going to ask you if you had a couple of uh, younger uh, girls say meeting up with you and they asked you what it would be like and any tips or anything like that, what would you share with them about being a, a younger female in, uh, in the golf industry and wanting to follow in your footsteps? Um, okay. So wait, so girls that want to get into golf? That are in golf, but you know, following, following along in your footsteps with regards to teaching, to I mean, you're a very visible person and a wonderful spokesman or spokesperson for golf. And it's because of the dynamics and the change, what kind of words, I mean, there's a big emphasis, like you look at the LPGA has their drive on campaign, mm -hmm. you know, in recognition of the 13 uh, women golfers who were the founders of the LPGA tour. Um, there's so much more uh, KPMG in their uh, women leadership and empowerment um, program and, and that's basically popping up all over wherever LPGA tournaments are being held. Um, what would you suggest or what would you say to a couple of the younger, say a couple of teenage girls that are golfers and kind of talking about wanting to do more in golf as adults and things like that? Any words of wisdom you would share with them? Or? Um, I think, I think um, if you want to be like uh, in, in the golf entertainment industry or a touring professional or teacher eventually they will figure out what they take more interest into and they go into the areas uh, regardless of what anyone else is I think and um, so if they want to be in the entertainment part which is great I, I think it's really important to obviously uh, um, be true to their personality because it's just everybody kind of knows when you're when you're put, putting on something, you know, fake or untruthful or so. So if you want to be an influencer, you have to be really truthful and be honest about who you are, I think, because it all shines through anyways. So um, that would be my only advice for someone who wants to become an entertainer. And, um, and uh, if you want to be a teacher, I think it's really great. I think it's best if you try to play more, like, you know, try, try and really make it onto, onto the tour and really have that kind of experience under your belt. It'll help you to be, uh, you know, have more knowledge as a teacher um, because you have more experience under your belt. So that'll be my advice for those who wants to be an instructor. <laughs> terrific, terrific, excellent. Um, we're almost out of time for our session, Amy.
Any last little uh, tidbits or thoughts you would like to share? Um, actually, for those kids who want to play golf, I was uh, I always love the kids uh, starting to pick up the game of golf. I mean, you see more of 20s golfers in 20s and 30s that are starting to take interest in golf. So naturally, their kids are starting at such a young age, which is amazing to see. So it's a lot easier for the kids to get into golf. And um, uh, for the parents who are not sure what to do, um, I just wanted to say that they should probably sign their kids up to, you know, those local kids club. There is, you know, LPGA, USGA girls golf stuff locally statewide and then um that way they can mingle with other kids their age and share the passion together so that way they can grow you know the love for the game i think that's very important for younger kids <laughs> i just wanted to throw it in there <laughs> no no fantastic fantastic so you're on social media they can find you at instagram twitter facebook under golf with amy youtube and they can also and well on youtube quite naturally yes, your, <laughs> yeah. your big channel and also at uh www.mpswing.com yes terrific wonderful and i think um i could talk with you all day because i love your enthusiasm and excitement about golf and uh <laughs> Thank you. just amazing and i really admire all the work you do amy it's fantastic so <laughs> But unfortunately, we're running out of time here. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Doug. Oh, our pleasure. <laughs>